Are you the kind of gal who's not interested in how things used to be in the hair industry? Who wants to hear from ladies that are paving their own way while making waves? Well then, She Makes Waves is for you. I'm your host, Lindsay Mayuga, and join me as I interview and learn and get curious about other hairstylists I believe are living life on their own terms, defining what success means for them and living lives in alignment with that. Let's dive in. Hey guys, guess what time it is? Okay, I'll tell you. It's time to sign up for She Nets Worth. I'm bringing that baby back and I've refined it and I'm continuing to upgrade it. And so what it is, is it's going to be a stress-free guide to going independent. So we're going to have all the mindset, all the things, all the beliefs that you need to restructure and kind of reconfigure based on the beliefs that you took on from the salon you're at. We're going to have every tangible step you need to take in order to go independent and the systems that I use to have my business run seamlessly and stress-free so that I can do what I want to do most, which is great hair, love my clients, be in the salon when I'm there, and live my life outside of it. Have my family, enjoy my friends, and live a life that's meaningful, fulfilling, and leave space for me to be a whole person outside of the salon. So if that sounds like something you're interested in, I want you to join me. And if nothing else, shoot me a DM and we can talk about if I think it's the right fit for you. Head over to wavemaking.com and get on the wait list or sign up because we want you there. All right, gang, I'm back from my hiatus and we are kicking things off with a series on pivoting in the pandemic. And I'm interviewing people that I feel have taken this time and made their lives more of what they've always wanted. So join me for the next, I don't know, maybe like five weeks where we just interview really intentional people. All right. So today we have Marilyn John's on the show. And what I'm really excited about is that Marilyn's a Chicago colorist and she is also a master colorist, balayage pro and Revlon professional educator. She uses pandemic to go out on her own and to just make her career what she's Honestly, in my opinion, and I won't speak for her, but what I feel like she's probably wanted it to be for a while and got the courage and the space and the time to create that. So I'm so excited to talk to her today about just how she took this time and took her career and made her life and career work more for her. So welcome to the show. Thank you so much, Lindsay. I'm so excited. Thank you for having me. Um, I think this is going to be really fun. Cause we yeah, that. <laughs> totally. I mean, I, you're my first podcast out of being, having a baby. So I'm a little, I'm a little rusty, but I'm here. Cool. Well, it's my first podcast ever. So we're in this together. I feel like. Yeah, t- totally. <laughs> yeah. So can you tell us a little bit about like, like where you were at pre pandemic? Cause I know that people are going to be listening to this and there are people that were in your shoes previous to going independent that are thinking about doing what you've done and I mean, I'm like looking at your cute studio right now. It's just such a little dream. I know she calls it Meridice, which is the cutest thing in the world. But yeah, tell us about like where you were at and what was coming up for you, because I just know people are going to relate to it. Yeah, um, so definitely it was one of those things where I think all of us in the industry thought like we were going to get two weeks off and it was like, wow, two weeks off. Cool. You know, like I love this back in March. I mean, not that I don't love doing clients, but we all know that it can be exhausting. And so I was like, okay, two weeks, like that's going to be cool. I can do some hobbies and, 
you know, just kind of sit around. And then as we all know, um, two weeks became about three months um, for most of us in the U.S. So that time for me was really just everything. And I, I almost feel guilty at times because I know that it was a time of a lot of struggle and suffering for people. But for me, it was just like really a chance to finally stop, stop for a minute and think about my priorities. And I know a lot of people um, feel that like we just really, it, we almost had to have that quiet moment with ourselves to really assess what was important to us, um, what we wanted, what we wanted our careers to look like, what we wanted our personal lives to look like going forward. So for me, I mean, it was just huge. It was everything. And you and I have talked before about how I am such a hobby person. Like I just love to just have that uh, creative time and like space and just kind of not be so scheduled all the time so that my mind can kind of wander and I can dabble in different things. So I think that that time was just so crucial for me because I never really stopped and thought like, okay, what's important to me? What do I want? Like, what am I doing now? Does that line up? How do I make it line up? And I know you talk a lot about how you show up. And I think that that was a, a real opportunity for me to kind of examine those things and question those things. Totally. Yeah. yeah. Cause like, I'd be curious to know, cause like, I feel like for me, this is true, but I'd be curious to know because you're an educator and like, just like being in the bigger salon, like how much of it did you have to get over the idea that like a successful hairstylist can like actually like, you know, like be home with their dogs or mm -hmm. can like take a like can have this more of a balance or hobbies. Cause like for me, I know I had to like get over that. Cause I feel like I saw this model of like what success was. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think so many of us kind of fall into that. And, and I don't mean to, I don't want to talk negatively about this either, because I think everybody really does have their own path yes. to success. And I think that that's definitely something that doesn't get talked about in the industry as much. Um, there's, you know, maybe like two paths that we consider like successful hairdressers You either get into an apprenticeship, do a big salon and you're really successful doing commission work. And then there's the brand education uh, pathway, which is something that I'm a part of, but then there's, and then there's like the independent, like celebrity stylist pathway. That's kind of different. Um, so I feel like you either have, there's like, you have two options, you know, you can either like get in with like a big salon tribe or get in with a brand, or you can like do your own thing and be like Instagram famous. And like, those are the only two ways you can be successful. I feel like that's kind of a myth that like, I definitely have fallen into too. And just always adding more. Um, I had the really successful career at a, a really big salon. I got in with a brand and started traveling and doing education. So it was kind of just like adding more and more and more things because I thought like, well, make, maybe this will make me more successful or maybe this will make me happy. And, you know, just kind of adding. Um, and when all of that went away for a bit, I was like, oh, okay, well, I'm still happy. My whole thing was like, I'm still happy. And I was wow. like, shoot, because I know some people really struggled with um, like feeling like their identity is really tied up in their career. And I've always felt like my personal identity and my career identity are completely separate. And so for me, it was like the career identity went away but I was still kind of feeling happy with myself. And then I started, I had this awakening moment of like, Oh my gosh, how do I align my career more with my personal self? Like how do I marry these two things and 
do them both and do them well and be happy if that makes sense kind of weird yeah, that's so <laughs> I kind cool. of like reverse engineered it almost you know yeah well that's so cool I think like yeah like you got the space and you like because I definitely had the space in my life at one point and that space created the whole holy shit my whole identity's hair you had this mm-hmm. space and realized oh like I'm I'm Marilyn over here and over there I'm like a different one like that's just so interesting yeah and not to say that I don't and again like I just don't think that either way is like right or wrong but I do think that there's so much pressure that there is only one way you know and I almost always felt like lacking a little bit because I'm like yeah like I'm I'm pretty good at hair and I'm good at educating and I love it but I just like don't know if it's like my entire identity is wrapped up in it in the same way that I feel like it should be, or like other people are more, you know, like it's more of their identity. And then I was kind of like, Oh, like, what if like, I have things I like also, you know, like in addition to hair and like, is that okay? Does that mean I am not a good hairdresser because I care? I like, I don't care with every fiber of my being. I only care with like most of them, you know, it was just like a lot of those questions I feel like were coming up during that time. Yeah. I think that sounds really healthy, but then it sounds cool. Like I'd be so curious, like about like how you've, how it feels to like integrate them more. Cause I definitely have noticed mm-hmm. like how you have like, like even just calling your studio Meridice, it's like, that's totally like, who would think of that? Like, <laughs> like, it's just like, that's your personality and it's infused into what you're doing. Has that been hard or has it felt like natural and kind of like, wait, I could have been doing this? Um, at first I'll say it was definitely really scary. Cause I did, I opened up my own studio um, I called it Marilyn J. Color because I'm like, I'm just going to own this and mm-hmm. use my name. You know, like I, I tried to think of like cutesy, you know, names, which I was really bad at. Like they were all just like not cute. And at the end of the day, I was like, you know what? I'm just going to like be me and like do this thing. Um, and my my really good friend actually uh, called my swan Meredith, um, jokingly, because I have so many plants. It's like a little mini jungle in here. And uh So I'm kind of just owning that. But yeah, I feel like being more myself rather than this like professional idea of what I was supposed to be, it was definitely scary at first because you feel really vulnerable. Um, And I feel like there's a lot of vulnerability already with stepping outside of like a larger commission salon and going independent. You're really putting yourself out there like to see if people like it. (laughs) And I feel like that was really terrifying but it's also been really rewarding because I feel like I can just relax and like own what I want to do the hair I want to do the clients I want to do how I show up to work what I wear you know it's just I don't know it's like a breath of fresh air really it's been very cool but it was terrifying I mean even you talking about it it just sounds so like good Um, yeah Yeah. So like, as far as like, I know you like went independent, but what are some of the things that like kind of held you back from doing it? Um, I think, well, I was at a large salon for 15 years. So that's a really long time. It was the only salon I ever worked at in my career. So it was everything I knew. It was my family in a way, um, which is its own rabbit hole that I could get on with uh, work being family, but yeah, (laughs) like, they don't always need to be. It's okay. You can have boundaries even with your work family, which is cool. Um, so, but it was scary to leave that because it was everything I had known. I had so many opportunities that I got to have because of it. And I'm such a loyalty person. 
that there was a big part of me that was like, oh my gosh, am I screwing people over? Like, am I being selfish, wanting to do this, wanting to go independent? Um, so that was like one of the, the things I struggle with is just really just having the confidence and owning that, yes, I can do this. And I think we definitely, I mean, it's no secret. I, you know, enlisted you for some help in the beginning because I was terrified. Like, I remember our first conversation just being like, I don't know if I can do this. Um, oh, and by the way, I signed a lease. Oops, I should have told you that at the beginning. You know, just kind of like, I wasn't, I had signed a lease and I still wasn't fully committed because it felt so scary. And it just felt like such a big step for me, like to do and just to have the confidence to just yeah. be like, yes, I'm doing this. You know, I was always like, oh yeah, I might, um, I might have signed a lease. So, uh, well, yeah, it's like you did it, but you did it scared, which is like how I do everything. Um, yeah, but I think but the yeah. scarier it is, sometimes it's like, oh, like that's probably what I should be doing. Right. Like, and like you wouldn't assign the lease, like you have a level head. You knew that's what you needed to do, but maybe you like, when, maybe you had to sign it to get yourself to do it. I think so. Yeah. Even yeah. going to see my space, I almost canceled the appointment to yeah, of course. look at the space because I signed up for it and then immediately almost canceled it. And it was actually my husband who was like, oh, just go. It's not like you have to sign a lease today or anything like that. Well, I yeah. signed a lease that day. So, well, I think <laughs> you bring up a good point of like how, like how much, like you have such loyalty and you have such guilt about like, you know, like, or just like, you know, it's like you feel kind of like you're, you're being selfish. Like, I think that that I think that hairstyles in general, like I just have this like thought that with our clients, with our employers, like we watch everyone else grow. We watch the salons we work at grow. We watch our clients' mm-hmm. lives grow. And I don't know where I got the message that it wasn't okay for me to. Um, and it, and like, you kind of see your part in someone else's story, but you don't see that like your story is your own. And I think that that's like, I don't know. I just, I think that that's so relatable. Cause I mean, I can put myself back into that spot and be like, Oh my gosh. Like I didn't want to like one of the songs I worked at, um, like the last one, one of my bosses had just had a baby and she was a colorist. And I was like, what kind of jerk am I to like leave when she's on maternity leave? And it, it had nothing to do with her, but I remember just feeling like really guilty. And I think that like, speaking to that and being like, it doesn't mean you're doing something wrong, but you feel like that. It just, I think it just goes to show how much we prioritize other people. Um, but I do want to say like, one thing I really admire about you is how, when you decided it was, you had outgrown the the model you were in or that your life was going to be better served in a different setup that you really were able to, to separate and say like, this isn't a bad place. I'm, I'm in a different place. And I think that that's something that like, I kind of hear more and more when I talk to stylists now is them being like, no, like my boss is awesome. Like they've done as much as they can for me, but what I'm wanting is this other thing. And I'd love for you to like speak to that if you're comfortable, because I know that that comes up a lot. And I think like, kind of like the, the less evolved person is quick to bash the place they're at. And I, I admire that about you. And I also think that like it'd be so cool for our industry to like head in that direction when people are ready to move on and speak like to it and that like it comes up and is a thing yeah definitely um I think the biggest thing for me was and this doesn't usually come super naturally to me but I just really had this spirit of gratitude for it because I just felt like 
almost even if it's like a little hippy dippy karma, like if I started this new venture on my own from a place of um, anger or disappointment or resentment that ultimately it wasn't going to go well for me, you know, like, so I really had to take a look inside and kind of look at my reasons for doing so. And what I came to was a place of just gratitude for my past experiences and just trying to find the ways in which that did help my career and it did push me forward. And kind of the realization I came to was, you know, if I have a really negative attitude about my former workplace, like that does so much more about me because not only did I choose to work there in the first place, but I chose to save it for 15 years. So it's easy to play the blame game with, you know, your circumstances. But at the end of the day, like the fact that I had kind of in my personal feelings, almost like overstayed my welcome there. That said so much more about me than about them. It's not their fault that I grew past it or that I wanted something differently or that their model didn't fit what I wanted to do with my life. Like it's not their fault. You know, it's kind of, it's, it's just, it's nobody's fault. It's just a choice that I've made. And I think if you hold on to the resentment, you kind of need to look at where that's coming from because again, like you do make your own choices in life, but it's so much easier to blame it on somebody else. Like so much easier, you know, you're like, Oh, well, I hated this. And I was miserable. It was all them. It had nothing to do with me. It was all them. And I had to really examine that and be like, you know what? Like you made some choices and it's not like a bad thing. And maybe I should have left five years ago. Maybe I should have left 10 years ago, but you didn't. So, you know, you kind of have to own that and look at, your reasons why you stayed, why you now think it's time to go and just try to be like as classy about it as possible. Because one, I think it's like the right thing to do as a human being, because the thing that you start to realize even more as you talk to more people and get to know people is that really everybody's just trying to do the best they can for the most part. Like nobody's really out here trying to screw other people over. So kind of just trying to put yourself in other people's shoes and, um, just realizing that everybody's got their own path to do and that's totally okay and you know just kind of let it go I feel yeah I love that because it's like you take responsibility for for yourself not making like the salon responsible for you or yeah and like there's another thing I <clears throat> I heard recently that like kind of fell into that but it's like yeah like like you don't have, you, you don't, when you take responsibility, you don't have anyone to blame, like for anything, even if what happened to you wasn't fair or right, not in your situation, but like in life, you know, like, yeah. it's like, it's like, you can just be like, it's what happened. And like, I listened to this podcast recently that said, um, it's like, what happened was like, it happened and it was, and it happened that way because it was supposed to, because that's how it happened. Like, yeah. and it's like, doesn't make things okay or whatever, but yeah. So like on the other side of this, like I know just from following you, you got a second dog. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So I like, did. I feel like that was so cool. Like mm-hmm. I couldn't help but be like, and like you had sent me a message saying like, um, I got to have dinner with my husband and like on your first week or something. So like, can you talk a little bit about like, like what it's infused into your life? Because like, I love that. Like, I love hearing that. And like the permission you've given yourself, because don't get me wrong. I went independent and I worked like behind my chair, like a factory worker for, mm-hmm. for four more years. So like when I hear people that have like gone independent and like are skipping that unnecessary road, um, I love hearing about it. Yeah. So 
I did. I, I love dogs and I had one dog and I've been looking for another dog for uh, like a year and a half, two years. And I always just kind of thought like I was looking to adopt and I was like, well, the right one will just come along when it comes along. And I'm like, it's probably going to be at the worst possible time, but it's just going to happen. And like, of course I didn't get one when I was off for three months. I couldn't find one. Didn't get one last year. Like it just literally, I went to go see her the week I opened the, my studio. Um, it just so happened. Like I had inquired about so many dogs over the past two years, probably like 30 different dogs. And it was always like, yeah, it was always like, Oh, the foster decided to keep them or like, Oh, they just got adopted. Like it was always like, it just like slipped through my fingers getting this, getting a second dog again. And of course the first week I was open in my suite, like I emailed about a dog and they were like, Oh, you know, but uh, she needs a yard and she needs a family with another dog. And I was like, well, I got both of those things. And so we just went and met her and it was, it just kind of fell into place, but it was like, literally, I'm like, what am I doing? Like, I just, <laughs> I just opened this a studio and now I'm getting a second dog. And, but what I realized is that it's actually awesome timing because now I, um, book off like in the middle of my day and I go I'm able to go let my dogs out so I didn't have to get kidding? like a dog walker take her to daycare yeah so it's kind of crazy because I'm like this is the worst timing and I'm like wait no it's not I'm my own boss now I can take an hour in the middle of the day and go let my dogs out and then also oh my day with um so because of that like my schedule is kind of goofy I guess then so I probably am doing like three maybe less clients a week than I could if I didn't do that I guess but then just being like, well, what are my priorities right now? Like my priority right now is to like make sure this little dog is all set up because she was like a little stray and I just wanted to feel like happy and good. And then maybe someday, you know, like she's, she's cool and we can get a dog walker and I can just like hustle and like fit in those three of our clients. But it's all about, and I, I know you've definitely talked about like the seasons in, in yeah. your life. And so for me, like 2020, I mean, come on this year. I mean, really but this is like kind of not a hustle season for me, even though I'm starting a business. It's that seems very like it doesn't jive, but to me, this is just kind of like a restful season in my life. And opening my own thing has just supported that because I'm able to set my scheduling. And sometimes clients are a little weirded out by that, but you know, it's like, yeah, it's just, it's a new mentality that like we are unfortunately are so guilty of like, bragging to them about how hard we work for so long that like I think switching gears can just feel really awkward for us and like they're like well what's she doing yeah run the dog circus in the middle of the day like <laughs> yeah they're just like oh like and sometimes like a couple times I've come back from that little break and I'll be like coming in and my client will be like you know like almost walking in together because I'm running late because like the dog wouldn't go you know and it's like I'm like oh hey and they're just like oh hi you know and I'm like oh I just you know, let my dogs out. And they're like, Oh, Oh, okay. And I'm like, well, yeah, yeah. that's what I'm doing right now. And then totally. I'm like, it's Oh, that's just, so nice that you can do that. And I'm like, yes, it is actually, you know? Yeah. I think it's owning it and it's just different. And they're just, yeah. I, a lot of times I think like we, like, I, I, I think when someone's like, <clears throat> Oh really? Like they might just be like, that's cool. But I think it was like, Oh really? You know, like the tone of things. For sure. For sure. And I'm sure they're just like, wow, that's so cool. But then you're always there's always that little voice in the back of your mind where they're like, are they judging me for this? But like, probably not. 
that's just my own right. <laughs> projection. Totally. You're like, sure. In my head, I'm like, they think I'm seeing seven people and really I'm seeing eight. Cut me some slack, Jan. It's like, she doesn't right. know how many people you see. That's why I've gotten a lot more aware of like, people just want you to be there when you say you're going to be there when to do their hair. But beyond that, mm-hmm. I don't really get into the, the logistics of like how I do what I do. Just know that I'm going to, I'm going to show up. Uh-huh. And like, I was thinking about what you just said. It's like, I, I've heard this and it's been true for me, like that, like if you, like the journey is not going to be different than the destination. So the kind of business that you wanted to create is one that doesn't have a, like a crazy amount of hustle. And so it's like, I think I subscribed when I went independent under the idea that I would hustle, hustle, hustle. And then I would like kind of take my car and switch it into like neutral or whatever, like you do for a car wash. And it would just kind of like ride on without me having to do much, but I never actually switched that gear. Cause there's a muscle I never learned to use. Mm-hmm. So I think it's really cool. And I think maybe like COVID has given people a little bit of like, I'm able to work versus like, how much am I working? Yeah. Definitely that. And then just even with COVID, like I was really fortunate to be able to be on unemployment because of my former mm-hmm. one. Um, so there is that. I know a lot of people struggled with even getting those funds, which is, I mean, it's been really hard, but, but it wasn't what I would normally make at all. Like it was quite a bit less. And so I had three months where I had no job and I was able to have some funds coming in, but it wasn't what I would normally make. And I was okay. You know, like it was, I was like, shoot, like, can I exist on less? Like, can I have, do I need to be making myself crazy, like hurting my body? Do I need to be doing all these things just for a little bit more or, but, or can I start with like a little bit less and be much happier? And then who knows? Like I, when I first started this, I was my studio. I was just thinking like, if I can even make what I was making on unemployment, I'll be happy, which was just such a small goal, you know? And I was able, I mean, I, I basically hit that my first month. Like I just like hit the ground running and was like, Oh, okay. So it's funny because I'm almost like the opposite of you where I started out like very, you know, like, I don't want to hustle anymore. Like, that's just not where I'm at right now in my life. Like, I just want to be calm and have plans and like do crafts, which is like a very weird place to be in. Um, but it's almost like the opposite. Like I've been doing that and it's been going really well and things are picking up traction. So there's almost like that little voice. It's like, Oh, I probably could hustle a little bit more, you know, like, and there have been a couple of times where I've stayed late for to fit in one more client because that was like the way I felt that week you know I was like oh this is a hustle week like I can I can like you know bust out some hair and just like do a little bit more but I think that I think I'm able to do that because well you and I really talked when we were doing our coaching sessions about boundaries and like I have none usually so I think working with you and like just kind of establishing what they were and then like once you have a healthy set of those you can kind of play with them a little bit And I think that that is where I'm at now, where it's like, I don't necessarily feel like I need that hustle, but if I want that hustle, it's there for me. Totally. Yeah. I love that. I don't know. Yeah. No, I was going to say, like, I wanted to go back to something you said before, like you were saying like the way that it kind of all kind of worked out for you. And 
like I'm like in the dog and like finding it, like how much do you feel like was like, like that, like you started working towards the, this idea and that like, that it's like serendipitous kind of things worked out. Cause I know like when I did come to your studio, like you loved new Orleans and you saw Mardi Gras bees on a tree, like, like the, the getting the dog, like, like how much of it is felt like, wow, this is like not as hard as I thought it would be. Yeah, definitely. It was, uh, and the Mardi Gras bees are still in the tree outside That's of beautiful. my studio. So like, that was the craziest thing. Um, I love New Orleans and it's my favorite place to visit. And I just like, I'm obsessed. And literally I'm in Chicago and there are Mardi Gras beads hanging from this tree right outside my studio window. And it just like, I was talking to Lindsay about, I don't even know what we were talking about. Like what size shelves to put in here or something probably like logistical. And just like, I stopped <laughs> and was like, uh, Lindsay, there's beads in this tree and it was a really cool I got goosebumps I don't know but it was just one of those things where like you're right I feel like I made the decision and then I think because I made a decision with a lot of I mean not to like brag but I feel like a lot of integrity behind it yeah. and a lot of like it was very true to myself what I was wanting to do and and things kind of have I think sort of fallen into place because of that and it's not to say everything's, you know, perfect all the time, but right. just in general, everything has gone so much more smoothly than I anticipated. Like I keep telling people that to me, the idea of going independent felt like I was about to step off of a cliff, like into the Grand Canyon, basically. And it's like one of those cartoons where you're, the character is about to like step off a cliff, but there's like a ledge, like six inches underneath. And they're like, oh, like I didn't fall off the cliff. Like there's, there's a ledge down here. It's just six inches. I just couldn't see it. And oh so, like, that's, God. like, totally how I feel. Like, I felt like I was just stepping into, like, an abyss of, like, terror. But it actually was like, oh, oh there's a ledge down there. Like, there's, okay. just a, there's just a little bit of a ridge there. It just kind of dips yeah. down. Like, that's yeah. so awesome. I just took one step and I'm still here. You know, it's okay. That's so cool. Yeah. So, like, what would you say to someone who's, like, freaked out and, like, like where you were, like what were like, what was something that would have really helped you? Um, I think one thing is just that if it's something that you're hearing that whisper, like, and constantly to listen to it, because I feel like, you know, when you're ready and I'll also the scarier something is, I feel like that's often an indicator that it is probably what you should do. Like, I mean, within reason, right? Like you probably shouldn't just like jump on the plane without a parachute. But, you know, like if you have that, that gut feeling, like I'm a big gut feeling person. So that was definitely there for me. Um, and just having the confidence and trusting yourself and also just trusting in the relationships that you've built with your clients, um, especially if you've had people for like 10, 15 years. Um, it's It's been like, really, really encouraging. And it, I was just really worried about people coming with and people getting on board and following me because my studio is on the total other side of the city from my salon. So I was a little concerned that nobody would follow me and nobody would come. And I just kind of kept repeating to myself, like, if you build it, they will come. So That's like, beautiful. I just kept, you know, like buying more plants and just hoping <laughs> that people would come in here. Um, every plant I bought, I'm like, okay, like they're going to come. Like, who could not look at all my plants? Um, 
but no, like everybody, not everybody, but you know, and you told me, you're like, you need half the amount of people when you go independent, because as a colorist, I was able to double, triple, quadruple book at my big salon. And now it's like a one-on-one experience with the clients. So you're like, you need half. And that's about totally true. Um, and people did follow me. And then my clients that I say, I'm just like, Oh, I'm just like, I can't believe like I'm, I'm booked and like people are coming and they all just kind of laugh at me. They're like, what are you talking about? Like, why did you think people weren't going to come? And I was like, well, I don't know. It's like far and like, I don't know. And they're just like, Oh my gosh, like you're ridiculous. You know, I've been, I've been seeing you for 10 years. Like I would follow you anywhere. And I'm like, Oh, okay. Like, thank you. (laughs) I think just having that confidence, but you don't, I feel like when you're in a situation that you've outgrown, like you're the big fish in the small pond and like you're the biggest fish. And that gives you like your confidence comes from that. And so when you go independent, it's like your confidence has to come from yourself. And that was something that that was like a muscle I had never exercised. You know, like I had a lot of faith in, in my salon and the work I did there and my position within that company. And then when you go on your own, you're like, you almost have to like, like, Oh, like I, I, yeah, like I can do this. Of course I can. Like, yeah. It's it's almost like it's externally, like, like your kind of your source of energy or confidence comes externally to you. And then you go out on your own you're like, Oh my gosh, I have to tell myself I'm awesome. Or I remember like being like, I'm used to going back to the color bar and just for confidence reasons, or maybe even honestly, subconsciously to connect with my coworkers, I'd be like, Hey, will you go look at my client over there? Tell me what you think. It's like, I don't like, I had gone through all the training that they had. I knew what to do, but I think sometimes we kind of keep ourselves comfy, cozy. And it's like, I don't want to screw up and I don't want to trust myself. Heaven forbid. So I'm going to like kind of be really involved with everyone. And I do think that like when people will ask me like, well, how do you just like do what you do now? I'm like, honestly, I spent a lot of time alone and it allows me to make decisions based on what is internal for Mm -hmm. me. And I think getting alone as scary as it is, hasn't it been like such a freeing, like incubator for like self discovery? Yeah. Oh, definitely. And you just start to think like, even as a colorist, like these are the ways I always did things before, you know, at my salon, because there's almost like that thing where if you're doing a, a new technique or something that like, you're kind of just working out. If you're in a salon with like six other colors, for example, someone's going to be like, Oh, I saw you. What were you doing on so-and-so there? Like I, I noticed you were kind of doing a different foil pattern or, Oh, like, you know, Oh, you, you're backcombing that. Like we don't usually back, you know, just stuff like that. And you would just get like the, and usually people are just curious and they want to, people want to learn from each other, but you can almost be like, Oh shoot. Like, should I not have been doing that technique? And now it's like, I'm on my own. I'm like, well, I mean, if I want to, I mean, obviously, like, there's a law of color and formulation. So, like, we need to stick within that. I am an educator. But, you know, like, at the end of the day, it's like, oh, if I want to try, like, putting three foils, like, on the side and two on the side, like, who cares? Like, if it turns out and the client's happy and I'm happy, like, that's awesome. But you almost, you get to be a little more free and experiment. And, like, I'm thinking about maybe in the next, like, year or so starting to offer extensions, but I don't cut hair. So I always thought that that was a boundary for me. Like, I couldn't do extensions because I don't cut hair. But then, like, the more people I talk to, they're like, oh, girl, like, you don't even cut them. It's fine. Like, you can totally do it. But I feel like in my salon before, I was always like, oh, people are going to be like, what is she doing? Because she doesn't cut hair. Like, she can't do extensions. And I'm like, well, why can't I, you know? 
my yeah, kids, totally. I do some, some like online learning and learn how to cut them and how to blend them. And like, there's no boundaries now, or there's like no limit, I guess. Like yeah, the limit. Like, yeah. No why do we think exists. things? Yeah. Like you thought it was off limits for you. It's funny. Yeah. Like, um, when I think about extensions now too, probably because I've been off work for a while, it's like, well, why couldn't you learn how to get some thinning shears and cut that? And mm-hmm. I think it's because, and it's funny, like I had someone on the podcast and he's like, what? Like, and I was on his podcast, my friend, Daniel Coy. And he was like, wow. He's like, it's still really innate in you to be like, I'm a colorist. And I was like, <laughs> oh shit, is it? And it's just funny because he does like wig design and he's like, oh my God. He's like, I'm just so over the whole, like, I'm a stylist, you're a colorist. <laughs> like, and it's just really funny because I'm like, oh, it is so ingrained in me to like, when I introduce myself or I'm like I'm a colorist and he's like you just did that thing and I'm like oh I did (laughs) and like like what you're saying it's like going independent like I feel like I've been able to like even it's like taken a while too but I'll be like I think I'm gonna name this service like the Lux, or Mm -hmm. like I think I'm gonna like call this my signature offering oh my gosh Mm -hmm. like and like just like even the way that I've set things up and the way that I like charge and the way I'm like you have so much more creativity mm-hmm. than you realize totally. not that you don't in another slot like in the big slot no. it's not that it's just more like I don't think I realized I was allowed to do it like like you're allowed yeah. to do extensions like what yeah exactly and so like that's super cool the other interesting thing with because I did come from uh departmentalized form so I do just mainly do color is on the on the flip side of that like don't feel like you have to do everything either. You know, like if you don't want to do it, like, guess what? You don't have to, and you don't have to come from a place of fear because when I first started doing this and I actually, I love, like I'm in a um, sweet rental situation and I love all my sweet neighbors have been amazing. So I've actually managed to find like a little bit of community, even though I am independent. So that's been actually really, really cool for me. Um, Especially going from like a big salon to doing my own thing it was almost like a baby step. Like I do have some yes. folks around that like, is, is it's been really cool, but a lot of them were like, Oh, like you just do color. Like you're going to have to do cuts, like in order to be successful. Like they were just like, you, I, you know, like you're going to have to do that. And I was like, um, like, yeah, I just don't like, I'm not good at cutting. Like I haven't done it. And so like, I don't feel comfortable even charging for that. Like, so I, I'm just going to try to not, you know, and they're mm-hmm. like, oh, well, you're going to have to kind of just like, you're not going to be both like you're gonna, And I was like starting to think like, oh my gosh, like I'm going to have to cut hair. Like I should start taking classes and, you know, et cetera. And I don't, I don't have to cut hair. And actually like I've tried it a couple of times. Like I've had some clients come in that are literally like my husband cut my hair in quarantine. Can you just like even out the back? And I'll be like, sure. You know, and I, I've done it for people, but it, doesn't bring me much joy like it just doesn't and I don't know if that comes from my lack of education or confidence like is probably a bigger part of it rather than like the cutting itself but I don't find that I really enjoy it so it's something that I'm like okay because at the beginning I was like I have to do this I have to do everything I have to service every client that I possibly can and I'm like oh no it's definitely I don't yeah it definitely is an insecurity initially and like I know when I you know, would like when I wasn't secure and being like, I remember like when my partnership ended and I said, I'm going to open a hair color studio. And that's all it was initially. People mm-hmm. were like, can you do that? And I'm like, I just, am like, well, yeah. And it was no big yeah. deal. But before I was confident, like it would pain me when someone would say like, you should do eyebrow waxes. I got an mm-hmm. eyebrow waxing pot, like at my last studio. 
And like, I would be so stressed out because I didn't book extra time. So here I am already pressed because I was still kind of running myself like a, like a commission stylist. And then Mm -hmm. I threw in an eyebrow wax and I literally like, sometimes the wax wouldn't be hot enough or something would be happening. And I would, I probably lost years off my life being stressed out about it. Like I remember the person would be like, Oh God, cause I'm like, I'm not good at this. I don't, I don't have that. I don't do it enough. And so I feel like, like what you said about like having the person come in and being like, okay, yeah, I did got through it. Or like the person's brows I did. It's like, okay, cool. I got through it. But like, mm-hmm. oh my gosh. Like or when people would be like, well, you just cut my bangs. I mean, you have a license. And I'm like, uh, no, 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 no. But it's like, it's, you have to like, you have to get confident with that. Cause initially you're like, what kind of hairstyles am I? And then it's like, wait, one that is that good that I don't have to do everything. And yeah, Yeah. I think that there's definitely the adverse side of it. Like you can do whatever you want, but you also don't have to do whatever you don't want to. And like, I don't exactly teach in tones. I don't really do um, fashion colors. I did. I think I used to have this idea that like a colorist knows how to do everything. And I think that's beautiful. If that's you, it's just not me. Yeah. I mean, there are definitely things that I don't feel as strong with myself. And I do think like it's gotten to the point and, I think it's really cool what's kind of happening in the industry is we have gotten to a point where I feel like a lot of us support each other and there's so much less of that fear of not having that it's like okay to send a client someone else's way if you if you think like I know I have a colleague a friend that's super good at vivids and if I had somebody come in my chair that wanted the full unicorn experience like I would probably refer them to her because that. A, isn't my specialty, and I don't have the same level of joy for it as my friends. So I would rather that client be with somebody that's going to be so excited and happy, whereas, like, me, if I get, like, a full unicorn, I'm just like, okay, um, okay, the lift, like, I got to lift it. It's going to, oh, Jesus. Like, it just, like, really stresses me out. And can I achieve it? Like, sure, of course I can, but it doesn't, like, light me on fire. It doesn't light me up. And so if I know somebody that like that would just like light them up, well, why wouldn't I want to send that client that way? And I almost feel like it just brings back that like karma onto you. So say like that person has, and this has actually happened to me before where I had someone that just wanted a very natural sun-kissed classic balayage and had gone to somebody who's more of a vivid person. And and she sent that, that person my way because she's like, oh yeah, like I, I see so-and-so, but I, I want to switch it up and do classic balayage this time. So she said, you're like the girl for that. And so it'll come back to you and just yeah. trusting trusting that, you know, I think has been something really cool. And I, I do see the industry going more that way. And I, I think clients are open to it too. Like, because now with social media, clients are constantly shopping like lookbooks basically. So they know, you know, the techniques and they know who's out there and it's less so... I feel like it's less so an, an admission of a weakness now. If you're like, hey, actually, like, yes. so-and-so is awesome at this. And I think the client, like, I used to be afraid that clients would think, like, oh, Marilyn's a hack. Like, she doesn't, she just doesn't know how to do it. But I think even clients now are understanding that people specialize because they can look and see, like, her whole page is this. Or, like, she's really strong at this. And so it's just kind of an interesting way that the industry is going. And I think it could be really cool, like, in the future. And I mean, like I've had some clients who uh, want cuts and I've referred them to other stylists like in my salon suites. Um, And those stylists have kind of been like, you're sending me 
clients. And I'm like, yeah, I don't really cut hair. Like, I'm just not going to do it, you know? And it's like, it's been cool. And they've gotten great cuts. And like, I keep a client, they get a new client. And it's just been, I don't know. It's like a really cool thing, I think. It's so cool. And I I agree that I do think it is changing. And like, I, it's probably a mix between social media, all of us getting kind of healthier and realizing like mm-hmm. there's enough hair to go around. And um, yeah, I mean, you're not walking on eggshells, taking care of someone else's client and, you know, cause it's like, they yeah. weren't your client. It's like, they're a human being and like, you know, like we can, people can go wherever. And like, I, I try and tell my clients like, you know, like if, you know, I know people, clients feel weird if they're in the salon and they go to someone else in the salon. And I'm like, oh my gosh, we would never want you to feel weird. Like Mm-mm. at all. Like we just don't. Um, so what are you thinking? Like, this is like the last question of like going into 2021, like, are there any mm-hmm. like changes you want to make? Is there anything like in your life that you like want to like move towards or what's, what, I mean, you had such a big year this year. Yeah. So I opened my studio at the end of July. Um, So it's just been, I guess, at the end of the year, it'll be exactly six months. So like, that's kind of crazy. It's gone by really fast and it's been going really well. Um, I think for 2021, I just, you kind of do learn things on the job when you're doing your own thing. Like, so I think just kind of fine tuning uh, the business I've set up as far as I'm thinking about fine tuning some of my, um, offerings as far as services and tweaking like some of the timings, like some things I'm like, Ooh, I, I might need that little extra 15 minutes. Cause I find that like, I really do enjoy giving people a really nice finish on their hair. And so I'm like, okay, like I might need to take a little bit more time. Um, and that's okay. But I'm thinking about just tweaking, um, yeah, tweaking my service offerings and kind of updating the website with those things and, and updating the booking site, um, just making it, a little more user-friendly for my clients. And then I think with that will come like a little bit of a price increase, which is like a little scary, but I just have to, you know, own it. And, and it's okay because what I've learned is that, you know, time is really, really valuable. And you really learn that when you're on your own because it's just you and you don't have somebody to fall back on. So um, just valuing my time and the time that I'm here uh, in the space is a big thing for me for 2021 and then just, I don't know, like, I'm not a big goal setter, which is kind of weird. Um, I never make resolutions or anything like that, because I'm just like, afraid I won't do them. And I'll just be bummed out. So I'm kind of like, uh, let's kind of see what this year has in store. You know, I feel like I'm in a pretty good place. And I'm just looking forward to where that's going to keep going. And I definitely, I'm, I'm really curious how our industry is going to be going in the next year, because I know even now, um, like I have colleagues in California and Canada that are shut down again. And it's just kind of, there's a lot of uncertainty, but I feel, I feel really, I don't know, randomly, I feel really hopeful that on the other side of this, that there could be some really beautiful things that happen for all of us. I hope that's my hope. Yeah, no, I'm with you. And I kind of like how you're saying you kind of like move in a direction. It's like a, you're moving in like an elevated direction, but you're not like, this is what I want to accomplish. And I think that I really hope that what comes out of this time as well, like I'm hopeful too, is that we maybe start to realize the value of what we do to the point of the whole industry as a whole, kind of the pricing is elevated because mm-hmm. it is such a special thing that we do for people. And it's not like a shirt where you take it off the next day. Like we wear our hair every day and like the mm-hmm. way like we speak, like hope into other people's lives and the way that we show up and come alongside people. I think like 
we've all been pricing ourselves based on the hair, but we haven't always been very good. I don't think at pricing ourselves based on like what we're really offering. And it's like so much more than hair. Totally. Totally. And I think, I think it comes, you, you talked about being in like an elevated direction. And I think that's definitely true in the more that you come from a place of like that, like enlightened, elevated stylist, like whether that means your craft itself, like your abilities or just like the work that we we're all doing on ourselves personally to like value ourselves and show up better for our clients. I think that that is, that's valuable. Like, and, and, uh, that's okay. Like if you can charge for it, like I've, I'm really weird. Like I will always say, and this is a limiting belief I will say, but I'm weird with money a little bit and with charging. And I actually randomly met Tabitha coffee who, I mean, you might have whatever opinion of her, you know, I'm not going to go there, but like I, like I met her. Yeah. I like her. I met her for like two seconds at this like L'Oreal event one time. And she, I, she was speaking about this very thing about how we all have this like starving artist mentality. Like, you know, we're just like these like worker be like, we're like, Oh, like I'm just an artist. Like, it's okay. Like I don't need to be paid for what I do. Like it's art, you know? And it's like, no, no. And it's a business and what we do has value. And I, I thanked her for that because I'm like, you know, I'm really bad at this. And she pretty much blew my mind in one minute because she was like, well, if you're weird about money or if money is weird to you, just think of it as energy. And she's like, and you would never tell somebody they don't deserve energy. Like, and you would never tell anybody that they don't need energy to survive. So just like, just change the word in your mind. And I was like, like it like blew my mind. Um, And so like, that's kind of a a cool thing. And I think it kind of speaks to what you're saying because we do give so much energy to people. And then what we do for them gives them energy, you know, like they give them a boost. And then it's just that transfer of energy, but then it also has, you know, financial value as well. Yeah. I love that because yeah, like when you, the whole thing's energy, it's like, oh my gosh, like what if I didn't even think of what I do as doing hair as much as it's like a Mm -hmm. transfer, I'm transferring energy to people. And it's like, then I really am a healer slash witch. Um, (laughs) But yeah, no, I was listening to a podcast the other day and it said, this person said, it's really about how we, the stories we tell ourselves about things, you know? And she was saying like, well, I left high school early. And she said, I said that, I say that instead of saying I'm a high school dropout. I love that. And it's like, yeah, what if we all awesome. went home today and we all like this thing that like we think makes us small or not good enough. And we just wrote a different sentence about it. Yeah. You just changed the narrative. And I think like, actually that's so great because, and it's a little bit full circle with where we started talking today about just like there only being one pathway to success. And I think that that's where that comes from, right? Like you're supposed to graduate high school, you're supposed to go to college. And if you don't finish something, it's like, oh, well, that's a failure, you know, instead of like a choice. And even at the time it might've felt like a failure, but you can, you can rewrite that. Like you can own that. Like nothing is set in stone. And I think this year, if anything else has taught us all that, like don't take anything for granted and like nothing is set in stone. Like you can, you can do whatever you want. Like you can change things. It's okay. Totally. And there's not just one path. That's the right one. Like either to be a hairdresser or to be a mom or to be whatever. Like there's not one right way and there's not like a wrong way. And it's just a way. And that you have to kind of find the way that, that brings you happiness. I feel like you've been talking to me this whole time. I'm like, okay, yes, yes. I'm in a vulnerable state. I'm five weeks. Ahead of me. Thank you for coaching me today, man. I know. Well, you know, it's like the first 
podcast um, postpartum. So we're, yeah. we're, we're in this, we're doing yeah, it. No, I appreciate everything you're saying. I'm like, Oh, thank you. I, okay. I'm going to write that down. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's amazing. Like if someone told me like where I would go in my life and how the road I would take to get there, I would have been like, no way. Like, it's mm-hmm. like, I would have, I thought so many things were just like fixed. Like that's where I was going to work. This is where I was going to live. And like, none of it has happened the way that, you know, you think it's supposed to. Yeah. And I never, I would have never seen myself going independent or doing something like this. I just thought because I, I, you know, I was doing so much, I was getting, you know, kind of approaching that burnout place, like even with the industry to the point where I'm like, do I even want to do hair anymore? Like, I don't know. And so doing something like this seemed like it was committing so much more to doing hair, but it was like, no, you're committing to yourself and the way that you want to be a hairdresser rather than trying to fit yourself into this like hairdresser mold that I thought existed, but actually doesn't, you know, exist right. at all. And I was always trying to fit like my square hairdresser peg into like a round like hairdresser hole and it just didn't fit. And I think that that's for a lot of us where that burnout comes from. And so, I mean, I just, I am thankful for having those three months off to like really be able to examine that a little bit more and figure out, you know, where, where do I fit in, in this industry? And like, what do I want? You know? Yeah. I got a book recommendation. Yeah, totally. I got a book recommendation for everyone. I, I just listened to, um, blowing your way to the top by Jenna Atkin. And I feel like she has a story. Her story is like all of our stories, you know, on a different, Mm -hmm. in a different place and with different characters. But, um, she said like for six years, she ran, um, a one person hair factory. And like, she talks about how she thinks she could have arrived where she is and taken a little bit more time for herself and rested a little bit more. And I don't know. I just think as an industry, like that's something that we're all like talking about now. Mm -hmm. And like, she talks about how she was just adding more and more and more and had all these opportunities. And like, and I love the idea that like not all opportunities are good opportunities, even if they're awesome. Cause it's like, you're one person. So I love that you like freed yourself up. So where can people find you? Because I love following you. And like, I love the post you had recently where it was like where, how it started and how it's going. And like, I don't know. I just, I love seeing like you show up. So where can people keep up with you? Yeah. People can follow me on Instagram. I'm at Marilyn J color on Instagram and I'm on Facebook as well, but I don't know uh, if I'm, I'm not the most present on Facebook, I will say, but yeah, my Instagram is Marilyn J color. And I guess, Maybe that's one goal I would have for myself for 2021 is just to like show up a little bit more on social media and kind of engage a little bit more with um, colleagues and clients on there and just like prioritize that. And then also show up more as myself because on my, I have a personal Instagram as well, where I like to think I'm really, really funny, um, which may or may not be true, (laughs) but I kind of want to bring a little bit more of that vibe to the, um, the professional side as well. And not that there's anything wrong with hair pictures because we love them. They're inspirational, but maybe just start to kind of break down that like disembodied head against a blank background Instagram that we all feel like we need to have to be successful. Um, it puts a lot of pressure on me because I'm like, 
oh, my pictures aren't perfect. I don't post them. So I think just kind of that that's maybe one goal for 2021 now that we mentioned this. Yeah, like almost um, like make them more artistic. Like I, yeah. I sometimes will take a picture of like a close of my rug or something like elements. Right. I think you've done a good job just to kind of give you a little bit of a pat on the back like for 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 going off on your own since July I don't know I feel like I've gotten to keep up with you but I also get the struggle of like the one-man show yeah definitely um yeah so definitely follow me and I'm gonna start dipping my toe into reels I guess maybe you might you might get oh you've got to like you know, like I'm a big goofball. So like today you should do one on all your Christmas stuff. Like, like, oh, like with the music, like you've got so much <laughs> to work with. Well, thank you so much. I've so enjoyed this. I have too. Thank you so much for having me. It's been awesome. Yeah. Thank you. Bye.